Great to have Brother Dan Hummel. He's been a good friend. Uh, come and uh, preach to us the Word of God this evening. Thanks so much for being with us today. Well, thank you, Pastor, and thank you, church family. It's a blessing to be with you once again. It's been a couple of years since we were here because of of COVID, but we're delighted that we're back on the trail and uh, doing what we love to do, and that's put these scriptures together and get them out to the world, uh, reaching souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, It's very important what we are doing to the missionaries that need the tools and uh, the necessary things that are needed to reach people for Christ. And one of the effective means of doing that is the Word of God. Uh, The entrance of God's Word gives light, and people are born again uh, by the Word of God. And uh, so certainly as we work this week together, put these scriptures together, it's going to be a valuable tool in the hands of the missionaries uh, to reach others for the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said to you this morning, we're putting scriptures that are going to the Spanish-speaking countries, and uh, we'll be reaching down into Colombia, down into Peru, down into Costa Rica, down into Mexico, uh, these places that are so open to the gospel right now and the privilege that we have of providing them with those scriptures. We have a number of outreaches around the world. One of the things that we're doing, uh, sending whole Bibles into the Philippines, uh, we're sending whole Bibles into Samoa. As a matter of fact, we're placing a whole Bible in every home in Samoa. Uh, we've joined with missionary Jim Savalli. Uh, he's our contact there and our, our on-the-scene on the worker. And uh, we've uh, done a, an awful lot of uh, uh, Bibles in that country already. And as a matter of fact, the last load that we sent there, there's the American side of Samoa and there's the Samoan side of Samoa. And uh, the scriptures go into the American side of Samoa and then they're shipped over to the other country of Samoa. We couldn't get them out of the American side. And so what they did, the missionary was there, Brother Savali was there, and so he immediately set up shop and started distributing Bibles in the American side of Samoa and and distributed a multitude of scriptures into the hands uh, of those people. So uh, we're we're excited about placing Bibles in the hands of people. I received a picture just this other week out of Mexico and the The missionary showed me a picture of the church, and in the back of the pew was our Bibles in every single one of those pews. And uh, then they showed a a group of their young people, and they all had their own Bible. You know, many of these people that we reach have never had a copy of God's Word in their language in their entire lifetime. It's hard to believe that in in this day of of, uh, vast travel and printing presses and whatnot. But the problem has been that we have assigned the printing of God's Word to publishing companies that have one motive in mind, and that motive is to make money, not reach souls. And as a result of that, there's many places that have yet to be reached with the gospel, many that have never seen a copy of God's Word, and it's people like that that we want to reach and we want to help and provide them a Bible in their language that they might grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. And so, Pastor, we thank you ever so much for your involvement in our ministry. We had your preacher uh, preach a couple years ago at one of our rallies. We have an annual rally in the fall, the first Monday and Tuesday of October. And uh, your preacher come and and preach that uh, rally for us. 
did an outstanding job. In fact, we still have comments about those messages that you brought. And uh, I've reviewed those notes several times. And what a blessing it is to uh, have him and be involved in the ministry and to have the church take part in putting these scriptures together. As soon as the service is over tonight, we're going to need some able-bodied men uh, to help uh, for a little bit of time to unload the things that are in the big truck out there, and we'll get things set up. And tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, if you're free and able to come, we'd invite you to join with us as we put these scriptures together. It's a wonderful privilege to have the Word of God, isn't it? I was thinking this morning about the message that your preacher brought to us, and I don't know if that didn't uh, stir your fire. I don't know what will stir your fire. Uh, You need to check into the intensive care unit and find out whether your heart is still beating or not. But I've been just meditating on those things throughout this afternoon and the uh, wonderful things that we have as a result of being in Christ Jesus. And the thing the Lord impressed upon my heart this afternoon as I was thinking about that, we would never know that if we didn't have a Bible. We'd never know about the cross of Calvary. We'd never know about the love of God, the true salvation's plan. We'd never know about the invitation to come to Him and have all your sins forgiven. We'd never be aware of the fact that there's a heaven to be had and a hell to be shunned. Who knows what we might be bowing down to worship? Some man-made image that was carved out of wood or out of clay and molded and fired. But we know from the Word of God these tremendous blessings and uh, overwhelming things that we have as a result of being in Christ. And it's because you have a Bible and we have a Bible that we're made aware of those things. And I, I believe there's every intention of God when you read the Bible... Every intention that he has for you and for me is to have a life of victory that we can overcome the things of this world and live triumphantly unto our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to speak a little bit about that and draw from the Word of God some things that I trust will challenge you tonight. Let's bow our hearts together in a word of prayer. Father, we do thank you and praise you for the privilege of having a Bible for the privilege of being able to come to church and to fellowship with God's people. And, uh, Lord, just to rejoice in all that we have in Christ Jesus. And I pray tonight, in these next few moments, that you'd stir our hearts and you'd give us a deeper appreciation and love for the Word of God. And I pray, Lord, that the entrance of your Word will truly bring the light and the encouragement that we need in these dark and desperate days that we are living in. We thank you for the assurance and the comfort that we have from your word. And I pray that you'd speak to each of us tonight. And we'll certainly thank you and praise you for what you do. Because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We will never experience victory in our Christian life apart from a knowledge and an application of God's word in our individual life. God has made it clear that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And yet I encounter a lot of people that are discouraged and defeated and down in the dumps. I I hear it often said, well, under the circumstances, God never meant for us to be there. He meant for you and for me to be on top of those circumstances and enjoy the victory that we have 
in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, a very troubled and distressed church, a divided church, and he said, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The reason that we don't enjoy that victory and the reason that we don't applicate the Word of God to our individual life is because we're not in the Bible. And we'll never understand what we have in Christ and the victory that we can have and experience through Christ without getting into God's precious Word. And so it's necessary for you, it's necessary for me to know the Bible. And you'll never know the Bible if you don't get into the Bible. Not only do we need to know the Bible, but we need to understand the Bible. Being able to comprehend. You remember that prayer Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. He wanted them to understand and comprehend these tremendous things that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We need the knowledge of God's Word to have spiritual power. Preacher talked about that power this morning. And we'll never know that power without connecting to the truth the dynamic truth, the thrilling truth, the triumphant truth that is recorded for us in the precious Word of God. When you take your Bibles and you go to the book of Psalms, chapter 119, a psalm that is all about the Bible, a psalm that records for us over and over again tremendous truths and powerful thoughts concerning the Word of God. It gives us insight into God's Word. Gives us understanding into God's Word. And it allows for you and for me to know and understand what God is endeavoring to give to you and to me. In order to understand the Word of God and comprehend what God is saying in His Word, there's some things that I I would challenge you with. The first thing that I would say to you is that we must have an appreciation for the virtues of God's Word. Can you say amen to that? I mean, really appreciate. You remember the psalmist cried out in verse number 97, and he said, Oh, how I love thy law. We'll never comprehend and understand and be able to apply the Word of God to our heart without having a deep-seated appreciation for the very virtues that are recorded in the Word of God. Have you ever stopped to think about those virtues? The psalmist tells us about it. The first thing that he reminds us about is that this book we call the Bible is a timeless book. It never runs out of truth. It's never dead in the pan. It's always alive and living and vibrant. And, And just as the day it was written, it's applicable then. And in this day in which you and I live, it's applicable right now. In Psalm 119 and in verse number 89, the Bible says, Forever, O Lord... Thy word is settled in heaven. That means that it's made firm. It's unmovable. It's unshakable. It's undeniable. The word of God is going to live and stand forever. Do you ever sing that song here? The, the Bible stands forever like a rock undaunted. I mean, that's the Bible, the word of God that we hold in our hand. This book is a timeless book. The psalmist said in verse number 152, Concerning thy testimonies, I have known of old that thou hast founded them for how long? Forever. They're God's testimonies, God's truth, what He wants us. And by the way, these are God's words. Don't tamper with them. It's His truth that He wants to convey to individuals around the world. And so this book that we call the Bible is a timeless book. 
in verse number 160, the, the Bible says, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. One of those great virtues that we have in the Word of God is that it's a timeless book. I'd also say that it's a truthful book. It's not going to lead you astray. It's not going to take, take you down a path that is wrong or er- errant and, 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 and full of, of hypocrisies. The Word of God is going to lead us in a direction that is filled with truth, reliable truth, trustworthy truth. Why? Because the Bible is the truthful book. In verse number 142, the psalmist said this, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. He didn't beat around the bush about that, did he? This book is truth. If you're looking for truth, go to the Bible. If something disagrees with the Bible, guess what's right? It's the Word of God that's truth. Everything else becomes a lie and filled with hypocrisy. The psalmist said in verse number 151, Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. I love that. Truth. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And the Bible is a book of truth. No falsehoods. No contradictions. No errors. No misleadings. It's a truthful book. And by the way, when he talks about his word, his precepts, his commandments, his statutes, it's the Bible. That's what he's talking about. Those are words the psalmist used to describe the word of God. In verse number 160, the psalmist said, Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. So the Bible is a timeless book. Do you appreciate that virtue tonight about your Bible? The Bible is not only a timeless book, it's a truthful book. Do you appreciate that virtue about your Bible? Then the third thing that I would say to you this evening about your Bible, the Word of God, it's a wonderful book because it's a treasured book. This book is a treasured book. What would we do without our Bible? We've gone through some dark days, haven't we? This COVID-19 and all the ramifications that have come as a result of that have left a lot of people in uncertainty and fear and and, uh, really living under the circumstances rather than victorious on top of them all. What would we have ever done without our Bibles? I don't know how many times I've turned to that passage of Scripture in 1 Peter, casting all your care upon Him because He cares for you. Being able to turn to Psalm 23 and know the Lord is my shepherd, I I shall not want. That He's there to lead me and comfort me and help me through the dark and desperate times of life. How thankful I am that when we cast those burdens upon the Lord, He never returns a message that says, not interested. I'm out to lunch. I've got more important things to take care of. He's concerned about you and He's concerned about me. And I'm thankful that we learn that from the precious, precious Word of God. I'm thankful that we can experience that in everyday living. The Lord Jesus said, I'll never forsake you. I'll never throw you overboard or under the bus. I'll be there to help you and to see you through those dark and desperate times of life. This book is a treasured book. 
The psalmist said in verse number 72, Psalm 119, verse 72, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Now, we work a lifetime to acquire things. Would you say amen to that? People work a lifetime. Have you ever noticed how many of these these buildings are being put up, that storage units that you can rent and put your stuff in? Uh, I remember when a garage was for the car, not for junk and stuff. I I remember those days. I I remember when they started putting uh, sheds on the property in addition to the two-car garage. Uh, they started putting these shacks on the on the property, and you put more stuff in there. Now you rent places to put your stuff. Stuff that you might never see. Stuff that you might never use. Stuff that all you're going to do is acquire and one day maybe put out in a garage sale or one of those storage unit sales. Stuff. We're a stuff-oriented society, aren't we? And yet the Bible says that this book is more precious than all that stuff. All that gold and all that silver that we work a lifetime to acquire and try to garner to ourselves. This is a treasured book. In verse number 103, the psalmist said this, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We uh, went to Bob Evans today for lunch, and it was all I could do to keep from ordering biscuits and honey. I love biscuits and honey, uh, hot biscuits and just douse it with honey. I mean, so much so that it's running down the side of your, your mouth and, 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 and it, it drips all over the place and, and, and you have to lick it up, you know, and lick your finger in order to get all the honey that I, I mean, I really load my biscuits down with honey and I, I love the biscuits and honey. But this book is even sweeter than that. He said, it, it, it's, it's a sweet taste to my mouth, and it's better for me, better to me, than biscuits and honey. That, that's what you'll find in the Hebrew when you read that verse there. You don't have to go to Bob Evans. You just need to go to the Bible and find the comfort and encouragement and the sweetness of how precious God's Word really is. It, it's a treasured book. In verse number 127, the psalmist said, therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, yea, above fine gold. Do you really treasure your Bible that way? You'll never appreciate the virtues of God's word without knowing those things that are timeless and what are truth and what ought to be treasured in our hearts and lives. The second thing that I would say to you is that we must assimilate the vitality of the word of God. To to assimilate means to understand. It means to absorb and take it all in. You know, it's possible to sit in a service like we had this morning and and the preacher expounded those tremendous and powerful portions of Scripture in Ephesians about what we have in Christ. It's possible to sit in a service like that and not really grasp what is being said. You're here physically, but you're not really absorbing it. You're not really taking it in. And and it's disappointing when you see people that you want to help so much and you want to be an encouragement so much that they're ignoring the very thing that could and would encourage them if they put their trust in the precious Word of God. This book needs to be 
assimilated and absorbed in our individual life so that it has an impact upon us. That's what Paul was praying for in that prayer that he uttered in the book of Ephesians chapter 1. He wanted them to understand and absorb these tremendous truths because it will make a difference in your life. But how do we do that? Well, the first thing I would say to you is that we need to pray over it. We need to pray over it. Look what the psalmist said in verse number 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. As God's truth is presented to us, what are you doing with it? What are you really doing with it? Is it impacting your life? Is it changing your life? Is it altering your life? Is it drawing you closer to the Lord? That never happens until you begin to absorb and understand what God is saying in His precious, precious Word. We need to pray over it. Asking God to help us come to a fuller and greater and deeper understanding of exactly what God is trying to communicate to us. Those things that we find in the the Word of God ought to be prayed over. I I think one of the, the prayers that we ought to pray regularly is the song that we sung tonight. Open mine eyes that I may see wonderful things out of the Word of God and help me to open my mouth and share those truths with someone else. I have found it to be true in my own life that if God gives me something in my personal and private devotions, there's usually someone I'm going to come across either that day or in short order that needs exactly what God showed me. Are we ready to absorb and take it in and then be willing to share it with somebody else? Absorb it. Pray over it. Open mine eyes. And I, I guarantee you, when, when you get your eyes open, your heart will be stirred. When you begin to see the things that God has recorded, it will stir your heart and activate your soul, and motivate you in getting the job done for the glory of God. I think we also need to ponder it. Not only pray over it, but ponder it. The Bible says in verse number 147, Psalm 119 and verse number 147, I, 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 I prevented the dawning of the morning and cried, I hoped in thy word. My, when we ponder what God has said in his word, it has a dynamic impact on our life. And we need to ask ourselves some questions when we're pondering the word of God. How about this? Is there a promise there that I need to claim? Is there, is there a lesson that God is trying to teach me? Is, is, is there a blessing that I need to enjoy? I, I don't know about you, but my heart just about exploded this morning on those dynamic truths that is found in Ephesians chapter 1. If I was Pentecostal, I'd have run around the auditorium this morning and Shouted and swung from the raft. Well, you don't have rafters in here. I might have tried to find my way up to one of those ledges and, and taken a, a, a super dive off of there. But what dynamic truth we have in Christ. Just stop and think about it. Redeemed. Kept by the power of God. All because we believed in what he said in his word. And that inheritance and heaven, all these things. We, we need to be sure that we're comprehending and absorbing what God says in His Word. Then certainly we need to ask ourselves the question, is there a sin there that I need to avoid? God hates sin. 
irregardless of what the modernists might say and how they've altered and changed the truth in this day in which we live. God hates sin. If you want to see how much he hates it, take a good look at Calvary. Take a good look at Calvary. And we need to be sure that we're avoiding those things that God calls sin. We need to ask ourselves the question, is there a new thought that I need to carry with me through the course of this day? So we assimilate God's Word by praying over it. We assimilate it and absorb it into our life by pondering it. We, we assimilate God's Word into our individual life by, by preserving and, and, and taking it in and allowing the Word of God to direct our path. And I think also we practice it. We, we do what He says. Look what the psalmist said in verse number 1 of Psalm 119. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep His testimonies and that seek Him with his whole, their whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in His ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep Thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep Thy statutes. We live it. We proclaim it. We practice it. So, do you appreciate the virtues of God's Word? Do, do you assimilate the vitality of God's Word? And then the third thing that I would say to you this evening is that we must appropriate the values of God's Word in our individual life. The Bible will transform you. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away, and behold, all things become new. If you profess to know Christ as your Savior, there's a work of transformation that is taking place in your life as you relate to the truth of God's precious Word. Transformation. He's changing us. That's God's purpose and it's God's will for you and for me that we're going to be like our Savior, the Lord Jesus. How, how does the Bible do that? Well, I would say that God's Word is our source of victory. That certainly will transform you. The, the Bible tells us in verse number 45 of Psalm 119, And I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. Do you come every day to your Bible looking for what God has for you? If you do, there's a transformation that's taking place as you walk in the truth of that word. Not, not only is the Bible our source of victory, but it's our source of spiritual growth. In verse number 32, the psalmist said, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. I, I, I take it that after we hear a message and we apply the truth to our life, we run out those doors and we want to put it into practice. It's almost like meeting with the quarterback and he gives us the next plan, the next play that, we, that we're going to run against the opposition. And, and we come out of that huddle and we line up and, and the ball is snapped and we go to work trying to get across that finish line. And I believe the same thing is true in the life of every Christian. We've got the plan. The captain has spoken. And we ought to run out these doors to put into practice what God has showed us in His Word. And to share that truth with others as well. It's our source of joy. You know, I've met a lot of sourpusses in my, in my pilgrimage. 
uh, we're in a, a different church almost every every week, and and uh, I, I've I've met a lot of sourpusses. I really have, and it's not hard to pick them out. You ought to see what I see from my perspective. The Bible is our source of joy. I remember one time I was preaching in a church, and I, it was actually a revival meeting, and it was the sorriest, saddest, sorrowful congregation I think I've ever dealt with. I, that, that's not here, by the way. And uh, I, I kept preaching to them about the joy of the Lord, and, and they just sit there like a bunch of wooden engines. And I said, if you don't straighten up, I'm, go- I'm going to bring joy in here, and I- I'm going to I'm going to squirt it all over you. And I bought a bottle of joy, you know, the dishwashing detergent, joy, and I put it on the pulpit. And I said, go ahead, look sour, look sad, look like uh, God is dead, and you have no life about you. And and when I see you, I'm going to squirt joy all over you. God's people ought to be filled with the joy of the Lord. We have every reason to be shouting the praises of God. You say, but you don't know what I'm going through. Oh, yes, I know who's going to see you through what you're going through. And that ought to bring joy to your heart. There's no reason for us to be sad and down in the dumps and and discouraged and defeated. We have victory in Christ. And this book called the Bible is our, our source of joy. He says in verse number 54, Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. Are you singing the song of victory tonight because you've come in contact with the precious Word of God? It's our source of power. In verse number 28, the, the psalmist said, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. And it's our source of guidance. When we don't know the way, you can turn to the Bible. He's got the answer. It's a lamp to our feet, a guide to our footsteps. That's the power and truth of God's Word. That's why we're here this week. That's why we encourage you to take part in the Scripture Assembly. Because we're going to be able to share the truths that have meant so much with us, with people that we might never see this side of glory, in a language that we might never be able to speak, We might never see the results of it until we get to heaven. But I want to see some souls there as a result of what was done at Community Baptist Church in South Riding. When they come together and they put scriptures together and they were sent to people that needed the word of God, needed that word of encouragement, that word of help, that light, that truth that would able to set the soul free. That's why we've come. If there's ever a need in this world, it's the need for the Word of God. God will plant the seed and draw them to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And I trust, my friend, that you love your Bible and that it means an awful lot to you. And if you love it, don't you think others would love to have it as well? Let's bow our hearts together in a word of prayer. Maybe before the pastor comes, you might just thank God for your Bible. And thank God for the privilege of sharing the Word of God with others. 
take careful survey on how you're treating your Bible and how you're allowing the Word of God to speak to your heart. It's a powerful book that will transform you when you allow it to be present in your life.